1924 different languages. They can hear that on their, their app. Um, and uh, we, we want to make sure people have a chance to hear the word of God without excuse, that they can hear that God loves them, that Jesus died for them, that their penalty, their debt has been paid. So thank you, uh, Morton and Caroline and um, everybody who, uh, anybody who's interested, like I said, he's going to be out in the front foyer at the, at the close of the service with that. And uh, we are, we're thankful for the opportunity there. We are continuing in Acts chapter 3 today. Um, and uh, I may end up overlapping some of this into next week, but that's okay because it's all kind of part of the same account, the same story of Peter and John visiting the, um, the temple for prayer, and then all heaven breaks loose. It's pretty cool. Um, it's really neat to see what God's doing there. I invite you to stand, and we'll go to start in Acts chapter 3 today, and then uh, we'll uh, look at, some, look at the, God's word through that. Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people utterly astounded ran together to them in a portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? And why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made to this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as it did all your rulers, also your rulers. But, all, but what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that is, his Christ would suffer, thus he fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, The Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people and all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel to those who came after them also proclaimed these days you are the sons of the prophets of the covenant that God made with your father saying to Abraham and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed God having raised up his servant sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness Lord, thank you for the boldness of uh, Peter and John in proclaiming your love and your word and your truth. Help us today to see everything that you have offered us, the life you have given us in Jesus' name. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. You may be seated. Um, so again, we're going to kind of breeze through the, uh, the passage today and probably come back to some of it this week. But remember, or next week, remember where we were last week. Peter and John were following the customs of their people going into the temple to pray in the afternoon. About three in the afternoon, they show up to pray at the temple. And I actually found a map that was worth putting on the screen this week. One of the challenges, and you saw this with the presentation a minute ago, is that that's very far away. I can see that. But 
The next slide, I got a good slide there, right there. We got a better picture. Got a wake up birthday girl back there. There we go. Hey, you can almost see that from your seats, right? Okay, so the outer square you see there is the, uh, the temple grounds. Um, basically, what we're looking at here is from the east entrance, we're looking forward into that. And uh, the next picture will be a better picture of that because I, cl I closed in on the other part of it. But you see that the football field, it's bigger than a, our, our football field. It's about four times the size of one of our, uh, our football fields. And we see that they enter through where it says, if you can see that 11, that's part of the map key that I cut off. You're welcome. Um, but uh, that main entry to the temple. And, and that's where the, the, uh, the gentleman was laying on his mat begging for alms. And what do we know about this guy? We know that he had never in his life walked. Ever. Can you imagine what that felt like? Some of you might have had challenges like that in your life where you realize God has a... here and all of a sudden there's a crowd why is there a crowd there's a crowd because god's word was spoken and his witness was proclaimed and so they they wonder what's happening he clings to peter and john they head back out to solomon's portico and when jesus or sorry when jesus i'm getting excited about when peter saw it he addressed the people and remember two months earlier peter is the guy who was hiding from the little girl at the campfire he's not doing that today about four o'clock in the afternoon, if it's taking a little bit of time for all these things to happen. He's proclaiming it at the Temple Mount, what Jesus has done. 
And so when you encounter Christ, he changes you. And when you trust him, he changes you. Salvation is an is a, is a act of faith. And mostly it's the faith that God brings into your life. He is the one that regenerates our souls. He is the one that brings new life. And now Peter is evidence of that. And he proclaims it. The God of Abraham, verse 13, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. Here's where he thinks we know things are different. By what he says here, you denied the holy and righteous one and you asked a murderer to be granted you and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. So we have this order of events happening here. It's fascinating as we see all of a sudden this this theological shift on who they understand Jesus to be. They knew Jesus to be the Messiah, and they knew when he died that that was a bad thing. And then when he rose, it changed everything. But now Peter, the one who two months earlier said, I, I, I don't even know the guy, he says, you killed the author of life. And we can go into Colossians chapter 1. We can look at Philippians chapter 2. We can see all these different ways how that theologically works out. But we need to realize that that happened early in the life of the church. That they came to the recognition that Jesus was God. Jesus never said that. Well, yeah, he did. He said, I am. Right? He says, and then his, his disciples recognized his authority, the author of life, that God raised him from the dead. To this we are witnesses. They proclaimed the truth there. And now they're stirring up the hornets. They're realizing that they, the, the, the religious leaders in this place, in the temple, are realizing that they have caused a problem. This man, by faith in his name, he has made this man strong. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my eyes are crossing today. I need to clean my glasses or something. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see now. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man perfect health in the presence of you all. He is the one who brings us perfect health. And ultimately, any healing we experience here on earth, even this man's healing, was temporary in earthly terms. Because, again, we will eventually run out of breaths to breathe here on earth. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, his son. This healing that would experience this man who had never walked was a reflection of the eternal healing offered to all people through Jesus Christ. It wasn't just that this one guy was healed. It's that this healing is offered to us all. And without Christ, we are doomed. Verse 17 says, Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. So Peter gives a little out to them a little bit. But he's not really letting off the pedal. <laughs> he's, he's you know, he didn't even know what a pedal was then, but you know what I'm saying. Um, anybody missing that illustration there? I know probably there's a super pious person in here who has never gotten a speeding ticket. Good for you. 
I will confess my sins. All right, so, but what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. So what we see here is this picture that it was God's plan, but it was also our problem. God knew that he had to bring salvation through Christ, but it was because we were sinners that he had to do it. And that's one of the, the complications in our minds. It's not a complication theologically. It makes perfect sense theologically. But in our brains, we go, well, did God not know what was going to happen? He knew exactly what was going to happen. That, that's what makes it even more fascinating, <laughs> is that he knew we would blow it. And he offered us the escape from the moment of creation. Christ would suffer, and he fulfills it. Repent now. Now, that word is not a popular word in our world, and, and I, I end up having personal issues with that word. It's, it's not because I don't like it, but I don't like it. It's not, a, it's not a bad word. It's just a difficult word. It means that we have to, we have to recognize that, that we're wrong. And that repentance means that we turn to the right, to the correct. That is Christ. It's changing directions and pointing our life at him. That means we change our behavior. God gives us the choice to walk in holiness once he redeems our life. And that's what brings glory to him. He says, repent, turn away, turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. That's a cool picture, by the way. Um, we tend to view uh, stain, uh, stain removal as a, as a hopeful experience in our house with clothing. You guys ever been there with that? Where particularly right now, and this is just what it is, it's, it's, it's baseball pants. Once they slide, it's over for the pants. It, we, we even got the spray that the other mom said to get it and, and like... Can't get that clay out of the whites. We just can't do it. You blot it and you blot it and you soak it and you let, let them hang dry and nothing works right. And that's the way it is with our lives. Is that we try to take care of the problem ourselves, but God alone is the one who can actually blot out that stain that is sin. And Jesus is the only one that can do that. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Um, no, I'm, there, there's three passages I could bounce to. I'll, I'll maybe come back to them next week, but I'm, I'm going to go over time. Uh, you can write them down, though. Deuteronomy chapter 18, Romans chapter 1. That one's short. We'll go to that one. Just one verse there. You guys can probably guess which one I'm going to do there. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He is the one who brings that forgiveness. And we need to be bold in proclaiming that. That's where Peter was here. All the prophets who have spoken from Samuel to those who came after him, proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God raised up his servant 
and sent him to you first to bless you by returning every one of you from your wickedness. You think that might go over pretty well if they can see that this guy has now walking, but they're not bringing attention to, to the guy's healing. They're bringing attention to the healer. They're saying, I didn't do this. God did. And you know what? In the church, we need to get used to saying that. I, I can't change me. I can't change you. Only God can bring that change. That new life that rose Jesus from the dead, that can be in you if you trust him as your Lord and Savior. And that's what John and Peter proclaim here. And you'd think they go, oh, we figured it out now. We're going to find out next week that they didn't figure it out. There were some people who heard and there's some people who believed. But at the same moment, it angered those who were trying to make salvation all about themselves. You're breaking the rules by doing it this way. And Jesus says, I wrote it. And this is the way it needs to happen. Peter and John were not trying to bring any recognition upon themselves whatsoever. And see, I think that's one of the big changes between Peter and John now and Peter and John two months earlier, especially Peter, is that Peter got scared for himself. And now he realized that there was no reason to be scared for himself because the one who was taken rose. And that's the name we proclaim. And so as we see the opportunity and we get the chance to proclaim the word of God, let's be courageous. Let's, let's honor the Lord by trusting him for all that he can do and all that he's going to do. We're going to continue in the story. Not all of chapter 4 uh, reflects to this story, but first part of chapter 4 does. And we're going to see the fulfillment of this moment and how God brings that to pass. But there may be something, a decision you need to make for Christ today. You may need to do that thing that, you know, we don't like to do, to repent, to admit your sin, to turn away from it. That's a hard thing to do. That's our, our, probably our biggest humbling moments. But the new life that Christ offers comes at that time. When we trust him as the eternal healer. This man's healing was temporary. Peter and John spoke of the eternal healing that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He can bring earthly healing. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing when it happens. But that's not the healing we ultimately need. It's the healing in our hearts and the forgiveness of our sin that we need. So maybe you need to make that decision today. Maybe you need to make a commitment to serve him. And we've heard testimony of ways you can do that through Gideon's and through other, and you'll hear more in our church family, ways God's at work. But we can live out the testimony of Christ. So be obedient to that call, realizing that that name of Jesus brings life to him today. Let's pray. Lord, you are good. heart here that we would um, we would submit our lives to you for your glory
to walk in obedience to your name. I thank you, Father, for your forgiveness, for your mercies. Give us courage to be obedient and to trust in you today. In Jesus' name, amen.